0: Welcome to The Apple of Truth, a weekly podcast where we cover every single episode of Lucifer while exploring plot holes and diving deep into all the details you never knew you needed. I'm Lena, and I'm Vera, and we both not only share a deep love for the show and its creators, but also for our glorious patrons who enrich our lives on more than one level.
1: Today, we're talking about Season 3, Episode 7 of The Record.
0: The title in German is different! Finally! It has been so, so long. And I actually prefer the German title because it is
1: Change of Perspective. Oh, wow. That's weirdly insightful for Germans. Right? (laughs) I really, really
0: like this. And I actually
1: use this in my final thoughts. Lovely. No, I actually really, really like it.
0: Speaking of liking, I really liked this episode. Same, same. It was really good. But before we talk about it, let me summarize what it is about. In this standalone episode, we focus on Reese Getty, a reporter who decides to ruin Lucifer and things escalate so damn much. And we get a twist that no one could have
1: seen coming mm-hmm, indeed
0: I love the twist so much
1: and since this episode has been from Reese's point of view we're gonna say obsession of the week from his point of view as well and this is a very very simple one it's Lucifer
0: exactly and it is Reese's obsession all the way did you enjoy the Reese's puns that he made he
1: made two. you mean the Reese's pieces and which one was the second one the Reese's
0: lightning
1: oh Oh, Reese Lightning, yeah. fucking love this. Also, I have used Reese's Pieces in one of my scene names and it made me really really happy. So when we get to it I'm gonna gloat a little bit over that.
0: I knew that you were gonna be a sucker for those puns. For facts and fun, we of course have a lot of curious things this time. There is the perfect opportunity for freeze framing and so obviously I spent approximately three hours on freeze framing all in all wow and researching and matching to episodes and everything and that all went into the devils in the details and can be accessed by being one of our wonderful believers but aside from that we of course have some more fun things let's begin with the usual information we have a writer duo both return writers but they only did the teleplay chris rafferty and mike costa both big players great writers we love them But the story is by someone else. And Jennifer Graham Imada, who wrote the story, has her first Lucifer credit with this. And she has one more credit in the future. And I'm really curious if the quality is gonna hold up with her second work. Our director is also with his first Lucifer credit. It's Eduardo Sanchez, who has worked on Supernatural, by the way. And he also will return for one more credit in the future. Sadly, the two of them have not the same future credit, which would have been hilarious. The episode title, of course, is set by Reese, But since this is the third of the season two
1: episodes, it does not count. Oh, is it?
0: Yes.
1: I actually was wondering if it actually is. Because I definitely listen to everything you say and I definitely remember everything you say. Lies!
0: Dirty, dirty lies!
1: But... It makes sense. It's yet another episode that we loved that doesn't really have any relation to the main storyline, which, what was it again? I do not remember anymore.
0: So we have one more season two insert left, which will be the City of Angels, question mark, and that is going to be episode 11. So spoilers next week. We're back to season three. A fun IMDb note, because these are things that I never know. Before Netflix acquired the series, this episode and the pilot were the only episodes that did not start with
1: previously on Lucifer. Doing a great job. Well done. I try.
0: Season 4 does not use recaps. Instead, trusting the audience will be able to follow the storylines within the binge streaming format. Which is such a nice way to say we're just stupid people with no lives that we watch everything in one go, right? As the final fun fact... Lucifer describes a version of Hell that is similar to the one in-game in Sandman universe. Specifically, the one that is described in Sandman volume 4, Season of Mists. Which, dear IMDb, is completely non-surprising because we're in the same universe. (laughs) Lucifer is inspired by a character taken from the comics, Lucifer, which were taken from the comics sandman so do your homework imdb shame on you so mean i love it i had a few tidbits like i had four or five notes regarding the whiteboards in the imdb and i was like bitch please is that all you got
1: <laughs> of course so this is the moment where i usually say previously on lucifer but as lena just beautifully pointed out there was no previously on and you should have seen my face when i started the episode <laughs> I actually stopped it and put it on like three times just to make sure that I'm not missing anything and when I found out that this is actually how it starts I just went with it and eventually I realized that this whole first 20 minutes or so could be classified as previously on because none of what we are about to see and talk about has been mentioned on the regular show.
0: I was wondering that did we know that Linda was married? Did we know that Linda was divorced and did we know that her husband is dead? None of the above.
1: It has not been
0: mentioned once. That seems weird. I mean, on the other hand, we don't know anything about Linda's private life really, right? It
1: makes absolute sense in the point of view of Linda has not shared anything. She is not or her role on the show is not looked at from her side. So we really don't know anything about her. She is there to help Lucifer and she is there presented as a friend to our other regulars on the show but we have not went into detail on her whatsoever except for that one remark that she says in uh, Good Day to Die that she's going to hell.
0: Also I find it very curious that basically this episode is confirmation that not all cases that Chloe and Lucifer work on get turned into an Lucifer obsession showcase to us. So that leaves a lot of sp- base for head cannons which i appreciate and so yeah but of course this first scene starts with a person we don't know in a very large hospital room and he's alone in bed and he wakes up but the nurse is there and tells him he had a brush with death which by the way someone did as a photo op once where Julian Richings brushed her hair and it's one of the most amazing photo ops I've ever seen Ah, that's cute I love it I love it so so much
1: as somebody who doesn't like puns or any type of jokes like that you are enjoying these things very immensely yeah great idea for photo ops
0: and so we get no exposition we have no idea who the person is we get a name drop Reese Getty but we don't know any other person with the surname Getty
1: so we are left at wondering who that straight white man who survived might be. So my first thought when I watched this episode after I stopped freaking out about not having my previously on I was wondering if this guy Is another soul brought from hell somehow? Because we have seen Malcolm and we have talked about Charlotte a couple of episodes ago being another soul brought back. So that was my first go-to. Was like, oh, brush with that. He looks super confused. Does this mean that he was in hell and now he came back to earth as yet another character? So I was all kinds of confused at this stage. And we are getting a song by The Beaches, which is our repeated artist called Give It Up. Give It Up, which
0: in retrospect, once you have watched the entire episode, is a very painfully placed song here nicely done exactly I know I've said this a few episodes ago but I really appreciate them being more literal with their song choices again
1: same and then we of course have Reese walking towards his wife's house with a bouquet of flowers and we get Lucifer leaving that said house calling back saying that he's sorry he had to shug and run
0: which is such a great statement and i really enjoyed the contrast with this compared to when the judge came home and found out lucifer was fucking his wife Mm -hmm. so i really enjoyed the beginning here and then reese just throws away the bouquet into the garbage and stalker mode gets Engaged. Yep. So I guess no second chance because
1: stalking Lucifer is more fun. Exactly. And as our give it up song continues to play in Lux, we go into the club. And dude is introducing himself as, you just said, creepy stalker. Got it. And obviously Lucifer notices. This is one of
0: the many perfection moments I have in this episode. It's not because you're a man. It's because I don't find you attractive.
1: Which is brilliant. So
0: good. I fucking love it. I fucking adore this so, so much. And also, side note, the woman that Lucifer kisses has a hairstyle very similar to one that i sometimes have like the shaved sides at the middle so it's was like need to get back into that hairstyle once it's safe to go to the hairdresser again
1: yeah this whole conversation is pretty great reese is obviously fighting his urge to punch lucifer and he calls him a sleazy arrogant womanizing piece of garbage and it just shows how self-centered lucifer can really be thinking that the guy is there to shag him instead of punch him
0: i found it so great that both lucifer and reese are so self-involved in so many regards but lucifer is the less harmful version and reese is the harmful the obsessive version And I really like that we get showcased here that to be self-centered is not always the same thing and it's not always bad. So I really like the storytelling in this episode.
1: Yeah, it's very well set up. And then we get Chloe showing up in Lux and we actually get a confirmation that we have a time jump and it's handled all really, really well. It's so smooth. So we are actually not in present and we are about three weeks after the show has kicked off.
0: Yeah, which is so great! I love how all the placements happen inside this episode. Also, we get the Reese's Pieces reference here that made you happy. So happy.
1: And at this stage, actually, I expected after this scene to go back to where we are now. And I was like, oh, so this was the whole previously on without actually doing a previously on.
0: It took me way too long to realize that Reese is a reporter.
1: Really? They're talking about the Pulitzer and stuff.
0: I did not expect Reese to have one because he did not strike me as competent enough, I think. Yeah, it makes sense. In the same sentence, we learn that he has a Pulitzer and that he apparently has a history of being personally involved in his stories, which is not the mark of a good reporter.
1: I have no comment to that because I don't really know how reporting really works. But in my head, it would be a good thing as long as you can still separate yourself from it. If you connect to it on a personal level, your story would be more engaging.
0: I think it's like the same for therapists as it is for reporters which is why it's so much fun that Linda and Reese apparently were married that you have to be empathic but you have to be able to separate yourself from it because otherwise it's gonna take over your life and apparently it did take over his life which is one of the reasons why the relationship between Linda and him failed
1: Well anyway Reese decides to investigate Lucifer and find what's wrong with him or whatever and the only thing I have to say is good luck because obviously it's Lucifer.
0: He shows up the precinct and I feel it is a very smart move to play on Lucifer's vanity
1: for sure he makes a lot of very good steps which makes me think that he is actually a very competent journalist and his Pulitzer was deserved but on the other
0: hand he is so obsessive with everything that the smartness that he has gets thrown down the drain basically but as smart as it is to play at Lucifer's vanity we know that Chloe has a very bad history with journalists so this is this is bad from the beginning
1: a little bit before Chloe actually shows up when he starts doing the interviews and everybody is praising lucifer i'm just like ah just you wait i'm waiting for daniel you were waiting for dan (laughs) oh hell yes and then we obviously get him and it's just ah, i don't like him and i love that it's just kind of a reverse to season one dan who hates lucifer's guts and he's trying to figure out how to sync him with chloe because obviously their relationship is still kind of stuck And then he mentions that they are not divorced but separated, and Reese latches onto that, mentioning that separated and divorced are not the same things. So that made me think that there might be something about that that he is experiencing with his own wife.
0: Yeah, very clear that Reese is projecting the same way Lucifer tends to on his cases. Another nice parallel. Also, I love that we have a pudding callback that Dan's pudding keeps getting stolen. Yes. The interviews with all the people praising Lucifer, I really enjoyed. Where was he five years ago? I hear somewhere horrible down south, Florida. So there, there was a lot of fun stuff there. Absolutely. We, in the talking with Dan, we get the title drop when Reese turns off the recorder and says, off the record. And then we have Chloe. And he is smart enough to straight on address everything with Hot Top High School And her father and the press, the paparazzi. And I really appreciate all these tiny tidbits that, of course, if you have been watching the show, you know, and we don't need too much exposition. One word is enough. And I miss season one, Chloe, because Chloe picking the hard way. Best season one, Chloe.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Now, when we go in the hard way, when we move on to the crime scene, we actually get a great song playing by J.C. Autobody called Dancing in the Fire. And as the song plays... We get Chloe choosing the hard way and Lucifer making it way harder than it needs to be for her. As usual.
0: I love that she's trying to get him to follow regulations, which of course he doesn't.
1: And himself being himself, making jokes about it to Reese, which puts him in even worse position than he was in the first place. Just one more note. Have you noticed the amount of eyeliner that he is wearing in this scene? It's a lot.
0: No, I didn't because I was distracted by the fact that Lucifer juggles the implants. A, he juggles, and B, he juggles the implants.
1: <laughs> Luckily, they have been processed, right, Chloe?
0: Totally. Why I don't miss it, I appreciated that this being in season one, we get the detective douche jabs. Because this must be before we learned about the whole Malcolm business. And remember, back then I was the Dan apologist and you already hated him with a
1: passion. I mean, you were watching the same show as I was. I don't understand how were you apologizing his behavior.
0: Because it's no fun if both of us agree to hate a character. Pierce is obviously the exception. (laughs) course yes. It has been pointed out to me that apparently we hate on Amenadiel in season one quite a lot. Yeah, because he's being a dick. I had not realized that apparently <laughs> we needed to have an Amenadiel apologist as well as a Dan apologist. So shame on us and sorry Ames. I am not. He's
1: still being a dick.
0: I hadn't noticed. It's important that we are aware that we hated so much
1: on poor Ames. He had his moments. Yeah, and we made sure to give him brownie points for them. That's true.
0: Of course, we get here the second pun with Go Reese Lightning, a fucking Grease reference. Oh, uh, I love Grease so much.
1: Now, after having Reese heavily projecting on the case, and by heavily, it's like he would take a hammer and hammer it down. He is genuinely convinced that this is all about him, pretty much. We get to go back to the precinct and talk a little bit about the evidence and stuff. And I find it really interesting how shady can Lucifer come off if you are not in on the whole he's actually the devil business. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. It was so good. It's it's just really well done and already started before. But now we get even more of that's shadiness of Lucifer.
0: But we also get a very competent Chloe because from the top of her head, she instantly knows two other cases that match this case. And as I've said before, competent Chloe is one of my favorite Chloes. And in the scene, she's also anti and angry, anti-competent Chloe might be the best combination ever. And of course, we have to set up with the Lucifer is bribing a police officer and do what could it be? That's all I have for the precinct because now we go over into more... stalking and really Reese called his wife while he is
1: on stalking duty I had the exact same note what are you doing calling your wife at this moment to spill your hearts to her what the fuck
0: in a voicemail Ugh.
1: I mean would it be better if she actually picked up yeah
0: because then he wouldn't get to ramble on going to voicemail is the cowardly way but
1: After I got over the fact and was a bit angry. And after I get my favorite note in that car, thank you very much. I, of course, get the
0: best reward ever, which is season one mace and season one mace is so kick-ass and badass and amazing and terrifying and everything is wonderful and perfect about her she's there she's the best she talks to him she threatens him she knees him in the balls and then she just vanishes
1: typical mace i miss this mace yeah
0: honestly this episode shows me and reminds me how good season one was
1: it reminds you why you fell in love with the show in the first place yeah because season three hasn't done a great job at that at
0: the moment.
1: I mean half of the episode we've seen so far were meant for season two.
0: Exactly and those that weren't did not enhance the love and appreciation we have for this show and its creators. We'll get there eventually. Hopefully but it's nice to be reminded where we're coming from so I actually think the placement of this episode is really smart.
1: Mm-hmm. Probably. I did make one more note on this and that is I have a Sneaky feeling that Mace just made it worse by engaging with this dude.
0: I don't think she could have made it worse. I think he is already on a tailspin to doom and conspiracy.
1: Yes, for sure. But by engaging with him at all. It's like when you engage with conspiracy theorists on the internet. By engaging at all. You're giving them ammunition. You're lighting their fire, pretty much. Yeah, but she got a neem in the ball, so...
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the upside of this. So we go back to the newspaper's office, the Allied Telegraph, I think. And
1: the biggest shock of the entire episode came in this moment. The wife. I completely forgot that it's Linda. Oh, you forgot? Absolutely fucking left my brain. And he opens the door and she's standing there. And I just screamed at my telly. So, fun fact. I always check the
0: summaries for the episode and put them in my notes. The IMDb summary is really great because it tells enough but not too much. It says, A reporter seeks revenge after he discovers that Lucifer has been sleeping with his estranged wife. However, when it's revealed who the estranged wife is, things get messy. Lucifer's reputation and safety are on the line, especially when a serial killer from the past resurfaces. So, very good description, very good summary, not spoiling anything. The Amazon on the UK summary of course a reporter seeks revenge when he discovers that Lucifer has been sleeping with his estranged wife things get messy when it's revealed that his wife is Linda did you really just spoil one of the big twists of the episode in the fucking description
1: I have a sneaky feeling that the person that named welcome back Charlotte Richards and the person who wrote the summary for this (laughs) episode are either related or best friends or it's the same person (laughs)
0: I mean why not instantly a reporter stuck in his hell loop right yeah sometimes the descriptions are so spoilery and it always makes me very angry and yes I fully agree with you I did not see it coming that was such an amazing reveal it was so well done and this was the moment where I started asking myself what we actually know about her and like you pointed out we don't know anything and I never realized that we literally don't know anything about her and so now in addition to my I want an Ella
1: episode, I hereby start requesting a Linda episode. Well, to me, when you think about it, the inserted three episodes that we've seen so far, we have Mr. and Mrs. Mazikeen Smith, which was Mazikeen-centered episode. We had the Las Vegas with the radish, which is partially Ella episode. And partially Lucifer. And now we have this one, which is kind of partially Linda episode. Hmm,
0: I haven't looked at it like this. Which leaves us wonder for who is going to be the City of Angels question mark, which is the fourth insert. My
1: guess would be Ames, just judging by the name, because it's always Lucifer related and deal is the only other angel that we know. So that would be my guess that it would be himself and his journey, which... Honestly, I am here for if that's going to be it.
0: I'm really curious because the first time I watched this show, I had not realized that all these inserts tend to focus that heavily on one character. But I still want a proper Ella episode and a proper Linda episode. So just be warned in the future. You'll be demanding. I will be demanding both.
1: Yay. Honestly, same. But it just made me very, very happy when I realized that we're gonna find out more about Linda. Same. So she
0: gives him a 24-hour ultimatum, or he begs for 24 more hours and she agrees. So we now know, good 15 minutes into the episode, all right, 24 hours, we have a timeline. Things are gonna have to progress. And progress they do.
1: So we go back to Lux Big. Because... Because Reese has decided that his stalking days are not over. And with our movement to this scene, we get a song called Hot Blood. And it is by Calio, which, surprise, surprise, it's yet again a repeat artist. Not only that, it is the only artist that had two songs in one episode. Both of them were from the same album. It was in Monster, episode 6 of season 2. And this song is from the same album. If you want to know more about the band itself, you need to tune in to my Devils in the Music in the bonus episode. And in order to do that, you need to join our Patreon
0: on Believer Level. Because you love us and we love you. My first impression in this scene was that Reese is probably being watched by Mace right now. And I was a bit disappointed that she didn't show up again and hurt him again. But guess I shouldn't be too greedy with my Mace time.
1: Yeah, those five seconds were enough apparently i mean it
0: was more time than we had with ella in this episode true and way more than we have with trixie obviously because she's not in the episode (laughs) haha sorry i know i'm a horrible person (laughs) so reese sees lucifer come down the stairs from the penthouse and decides perfect This is the moment I'm gonna use and go up into the penthouse and see if I can find out anything there. And once again, I say, Lucifer never locks his door. And maybe he should start.
1: I feel like you've been saying this for four episodes straight now. So maybe he really should start. And
0: I will keep saying this. I have started pointing this out, I think, last season.
1: Yes, but you haven't had the chance to say it every episode. This season, it's pretty much every single episode at least once. That's
0: my mantra. Lock your doors. And speaking of PSAs by me... When he is in the penthouse, he hears moaning and obviously it's gonna be a person on Lucifer's bed. And it's a tied-up woman with a cloth gag in her mouth. So PSA by Lena, never ever leave a tied-up person on their own. Ever. Not for five seconds, not for five minutes, never. Thank you for coming to my PSA.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like something safe. Concerned that I did not think about, so thank you. Reese obviously takes it completely wrong the wrong way. And that actually makes me think that there might be something in that that we are not seeing that actually will turn it around into Reese's perspective, because the way he is so off with everything, usually that means that there is something correct about his thinking. Turns out that was probably not the case this time, but it made me think. Also, my favorite thing about this scene is that the girl's name is Veronica. I noticed that too. Tom Ellis said my name, so I don't need anything else for Christmas. Thank you.
0: So basically we we take the audio and you're gonna use the sample on your phone or something? Did I just make you spill your drink?
1: Almost. I should start collecting them. I already have Misha Collins saying my name on numerous occasions. So Reese, just like you said, is
0: so off in everything, with everything in this scene. And I love how he just gets from bad to worst to worst. Because first, obviously, he's like, oh my god, there's a tied up woman. It's gonna mean something bad. And Lucifer shows up and he's just like, yo, dude, what? And so he goes on with, oh, but the bag. And well, the bag is great quality leather, which is why Lucifer wanted it because he likes nice and pretty and quality things so Reese decides oh no there has to be something in the bag and he opens the bag and he takes out edible gummy bear dildos I love the fact with the edible dildos Especially with the watermelon willy. And oh, you should really try them. They're good. I'm allergic to watermelon. Which is just like, oh boy, your life must be so sad. Could it get any worse
1: at that stage? I ask for him.
0: And then Lucifer shows once again that he is actually a proper sweetheart. Because he can see that Reese is really devastated. And so he offers to take him along. Because catching a murderer always cheers him up. Which isn't that the sweetest? I mean, for Lucifer.
1: Yeah. It just shows... That as self-centered as Lucifer is, on one hand, he can be extremely generous. Exactly. And that, in my opinion, is the difference between Reese and
0: Lucifer. Lucifer is self-centered, but he is still aware of his surroundings when it comes to other people being sad, being happy, being grieving. And as soon as he notices something, which sometimes takes him a bit longer, but as soon as he notices, he cares, he acts on caring, and he changes lives for people. And Reese, on the other hand, is completely completely focused on himself and does not care for people around him and everything he learns throughout this episode that should actually teach him how to be a better person he still uses in an absolutely egotistical way and so I am gonna repeat my PSA because now they just pop the cloth gag back in Veronica's mouth and they just leave her there and obviously this is a show but in real life never ever do this except if you freeze frame and you take a close look at her wrist ties you can see that they are
1: extremely loose and would be very easy to slip out of. Which is what I was gonna say that I am hoping was the case. And if of course your bondage,
0: contraption, whatever is something that you can get out yourself then yes the other person can
1: leave you. Yay. Well this whole situation puts Reese into this lucid dream type of a thing. So well done. I really enjoyed the haze-like
0: montage sped through the case thingy.
1: Yes, it was really, really nice. And we get to see lucid powers from the outside without the hall music and without the fact that we know that he's using his special powers. Without the zooming in? Yeah, and then we get done actually telling Lucifer good detective work about the scar. And this is the only thing that... It seems slightly out of character because even though we know that Dan is actually a Big, squishy bear it feels that he would not say something like that in season one so that was one tiny little bit in the entire episode that was kind of like if you think about it it doesn't really match up with what we know about daniel you're absolutely right but i can live with it because the rest of the episode is so amazing in fairness we get to see this whole situation being resolved with human eyes and that was something that i really really liked and and of course, when the haze
0: stops and we are in the... What's the word for the room? Watch room? Control room? Watch room? When we are behind the mirror. Behind the glass. When we are behind the glass. Then Chloe leaves. And I was like, that's not good. She leaves... And Lucifer starts engaging with the person, which, as he has done before. Yeah,
1: but did he go this aggressively before? Yes, definitely. Doing a normal interrogation? Yes. Okay.
0: If he's pressed for time. And he is pressed for time because he has Veronica tied up in his bed waiting for him. Fair enough. So basically, it's just dumb luck that Chloe hasn't seen the devil face yet. Or is it because she intervenes whenever he becomes too physical?
1: I think think that this situation was planned out by Lucifer, somehow he managed to get lieutenant to grab chloe
0: you think lucifer told the other police person like hey let chloe know that the lieutenant wants her and then he did this yes
1: Ooh, i
0: like that this
1: is my perception because he knew she was watching but he didn't know that reese was there with her so he only got rid of chloe
0: and of course reese seeing the devil face
1: puts him over the edge
0: i mean not surprising because everyone so far has freaked the
1: Fuck out. Yeah, and he already had the predisposition of hating Lucifer in the first place. So this was not the big plot twist that will change everything.
0: Not in the way that Linda being the wife was. And speaking of Linda, we now go to Linda's office. And Reese storms in. And tries in the worst possible way to explain to Linda and to get her to believe that Lucifer is actually the devil. And he is so bad about it.
1: This is the moment where I actually hate Reese so much. Because his approach is: I can be with her because I love her and I don't care what she feels. I know what's the best for her and I will decide for. Her. It's all about himself. He doesn't give a fuck about Linda. This is not love. This is obsession.
0: Exactly. I think it's in this scene when he says, when she says it's none of your business and he says it is my business if you're sleeping with the devil, which is like, no, still not. And also it's such a nice callback that this is still before Linda knew about Lucifer being the devil.
1: However, that made me think of if this actually happened, how come Linda doesn't mention it at all when she actually finds out herself that being said though, we really don't know anything about Linda coming into this episode. So we don't know if she actually worked through this while she was trying to make peace with the fact that Lucifer is, in fact, the devil. Mm -hmm. So that's all I have there? Yeah, just me hating on him. And then we get the montage. The
0: conspiracy montage.
1: And we get a great song playing with this by Peril and the Beard. And it's called Devil's Head Down.
0: 90 fucking seconds. And it's so good. And I went through it frame by frame. It's very good.
1: I only want to point out two things on the board that I personally noticed and made me super happy. And that is Ella Lopez, What's Her Secret, written on the board. And it is Charlotte Richards, lover, sister, stepmom, what the fuck. And I adore if this guy is not the person with the mystical cabinet. It just proves that nobody knows who Charlotte Richards is. Nobody has any notion about mom. Nobody realizes that there is actually is a goddess of creation so we are very much safely within our own human lore in a sense of this is what humans think because we don't we have no clue that mom ever existed or have been around which i like so <laughs>
0: after the montage ends we get One year later.
1: Which in my perception was, yay, at least we get some timeline.
0: Yeah, but... I know, I know. Also, I have to confess, I completely missed this on the first 10 montage watchthroughs because I was so focused on the boards. (laughs) And I think it took me so long to actually see that it was written there. So my note to realize that a year has passed is actually from the conversation when Chloe says serial killer from last year okay so
1: we get this kind of sort of a timeline so we are in a year after Lucifer started working as a consultant
0: which puts us in season 2 right? we
1: don't really know though so it's still kind of questionable I was very confused I have written down what where are we on the timeline what the fuck wait in my notes so whatever that relates to and I have a question that gets eventually answered in the episode and that is do we know if they know if this is Linda's ex-husband?
0: I didn't even think about that but even though we don't get a timeline we know we have to be in season two because Ella and Charlotte are on the board and Malcolm is already dead and Charlotte is still alive at least there is no mention about her getting stabbed somewhere so we have to be before the end of season two After the whole
1: Charlotte is the stepmom. As we are gonna find out in the next scene it is after episode 6 because Linda already knows that Lucifer is the devil and she has coped with it so it's probably after episode 8 at least.
0: Which episode did Lucifer get married?
1: Oh yeah that's true.
0: It has to be after episode 14. He has the marriage
1: certificate on the board. That's true. It's probably somewhere nearing end of season 2 and it's been about a year. So we get that kind of a drop off some sort of timeline. So at least something.
0: And then, of course, Lucifer says, Oh, I'm late for my therapy. She's gonna kill me. And Reese's head just goes, Pop! And I was like, eh? is he gonna kill Lucifer? Was this the reminder or mental poke that he needed to go like, ha ha ha, after I spend a year on stalking and researching this man, I'm gonna kill him. And then, of course, no, he goes inside. He realizes Lucifer has been shot repeatedly and has survived it all. So in the next scene, he heads over to Linda and reveals... That Linda is his ex-wife or
1: still wife. They're separated. Lucifer calls him tunnel buddy. Which is so good. I love it. Of course you do. And I cannot believe that he still does not realize that he is the sleazy bastard himself. I am not surprised at all. Yeah, it's not surprising. But also, come on, it's staring right in your face. There is one more really amazing bit in this scene, and that is when Linda talks about Lucifer to Reese, And Lucifer is genuinely surprised and touched by this. So it's just a beautiful confirmation that he hasn't heard before. And the realization that he is a good person and he is considered a friend by somebody else who he is not using his powers on. And I think this was a big confidence boost for him and his character because he's always so worried about being hated by humans.
0: And also Tom Ellis just sells this without even saying anything. My heart was open and warm when this happened. So sadly... Linda tells him that she knows and that it doesn't matter and that she's sorry that she hadn't realized that he knew
1: mm-hmm. because she could have helped him deal
0: she could have helped him deal but that also makes sense now that if she hadn't realized that he actually knew that he didn't talk about this back when she found out so all in all it tracks it makes sense it fits together and Reese has to go and he goes back into his fucking office and he sits staring at his whiteboards
1: yes and I have the best name for this scene I love it I named this scene Reese's in Pieces As in Reese is in pieces. Oh, I understand you just fine. (laughs) I hate you. It's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually quite good. Thank you for the appreciation. And during this very violent scene, we get a song that has made it on my shortlist for Devils in the Music. But as I didn't find enough information that would be interesting, I have decided to go with something else. And it is by Vision Vision and it's called Ready for the Devil or No Mercy. It has two different titles. Ooh,
0: that's fancy. Before the temper tantrum starts, his editor comes in. And oh my god, I love that woman so much. She's so snappy, she's so snarky, she embodies competence. And she describes his project as arts and crafts. Which was just fucking hilarious and also she is so right when she says he won
1: yeah and it's not a bad thing she speaks cold hard truth if only reese opened his mind and pull his head out of a fucking selfishness and horribleness pulled his head out of his ass is the
0: expression you're looking for
1: i know i didn't want to say it that way though if he only had let that go And let the possessiveness that he has towards Linda just rest. He could have seen that it's a good thing that he lost. That he did not want to do this. And that would have prevented him from making that next step that we're about to see. Which resulted in some horrible shit. So he
0: does have one realization though when he rips everything down. Which is... Chloe and vulnerability. So I was like, okay, did he somehow figure out that Chloe is lucifer's weakness
1: no lucifer fucking told him but that's not how it no lucifer said in the previous scene if the detective would have been here you would have mopped my blood from the couch or something like that
0: yeah, yeah i know but my expectation was if he connected these two dots that he would basically shoot him again with chloe close but no 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 reese is much more convoluted than that
1: no because then he would have blood on his literal hands that's true. Which he's too much of a coward for that. And
0: also then he won't get the Linda. Which is what this is all about. That he gets his prize. Ugh, fucking incel. Gross. And so he starts and sets out to find the serial killer via the wonderful redacted comments. And
1: he certainly does go there. A little bit too much, if you ask me. And this scene where he visits Alvin's house, I was just all, what the fuck is wrong with Reese?" Fuck you. He is not a fucking liar, you little piece of shit, is one of my notes. I was just very upset if we're gonna put it very simply.
0: Which is understandable but Reese is on such tailspin down to despair and destruction and everything and he has lost all way of realistic referencing and real life connection.
1: Lost touch with reality.
0: Exactly. And he's basically hiring or tricking a serial killer to do his dirty work for him. Which not the dumbest move to make.
1: Is it not though? Because if I learned something from watching criminal minds you do not want to manipulate somebody who has taken many lives before because if the person doesn't like it or realize what you're doing you're dead. But it would provide a great alibi to him. Alibi. And he sincerely
0: believes that Lucifer is a fraud. We go over to Lux and we get music, I assume, because we always get music at Lux.
1: You assume correct. It is actually technically the last song of the episode. It is by Cold War Kids, who yet again is a repeat artist. And it's called So Tied Up. Wow. I know, right? Same. Why didn't that play
0: when we had Veronica tied to the bed?
1: Because at that moment we had something even better, which was hot blood. So... I know. (laughs) Yeah, you're right.
0: And I quite like the plan but it is set up to fail from
1: the beginning. Yep, revenge is never a good thing.
0: But I really like the way he tried to plan it out and he keeps Chloe busy and everything and then Lucifer starts talking to Alvin. I am super curious what he said to
1: him. I feel like Lucifer can tell pretty easily what people desire even without using his powers and my guess is that he said oh let me introduce you to some of my friends and he brings him over to the women which is the moment when Alvin swaps the drinks.
0: Yes that is true but still I would be very curious to see the dialogue there so Alvin swaps the drinks and the second he swaps it it's clear that someone else is gonna drink it and it is the innocent girl that gets poisoned.
1: Yep and uh, the toxic masculinity wins yet again over Reese's Common sense.
0: Literally toxic because poison. (laughs) Haha.
1: Because even though this woman, this poor woman, dies directly as a result of his own actions, he still finds a way to blame Lucifer. Which is just... Oh. And Lucifer instantly blames himself. He takes this
0: extremely personal, which is just another example on what a good creature Lucifer actually is. Yes. And how much she cares. And I fucking love it. So Reese goes upstairs after Lucifer. Super, super furious, pours himself a drink. I don't have time for this. <laughs> and Reese confronts him. And here we have a beautiful summary
1: of what sends you to hell. He says, I take no part in who goes to hell. You send yourself driven down by your own guilt, forcing yourself to relive your sins over and over. And the best part, the doors aren't locked. You can leave any It says something that no one ever does, doesn't it? And this explanation of hell, I mean, it does kind of send us on the loop with What if you don't feel any guilt? What if your brain is not wired that way? Stuff situation there. But in general, this is some dark shit because show me a person who doesn't feel guilty about something in their lives
0: but also it fits really well to what he says back in season one to is it to linda that people claim that i sit on their shoulder and make them do things and i don't make them do anything i have no use for souls yeah that would be linda conversation because fun fact I accidentally came across a screenshot from one of the comics. And that part was taken verbatim from the comic. Oh. He actually says that to the Sandman. Lovely. I love it. So I think I might attach that to the bonus. Yeah. Because I accidentally came across that when I was researching the whiteboard. (laughs) But I really really enjoyed this summary of what actually sends you to hell. How well it fits with everything we've heard before and how your own consciousness is what keeps you tied to hell. So it escalates more and more and Lucifer uses his powers on Reese, And Reese is able to withstand for a moment which is very unusual so far we've only had very few people like Dan. Out of all people. (laughs) And Nick was also able to withstand him for a so it's quite curious that apparently it's not about if you're a good person or anything but how complex you are. Yeah complex is a good word for it I'd say. So I really enjoyed that and it's so funny when Lucifer finally realizes it was him all
1: along. Ah it was so good. About time though it has taken way too long for me but another quote that I really really liked in this scene, was I showed her my true self? As Lucifer says to Reese, and Reese says, "But how could she accept you after that?" And Lucifer kind of thinks about it. I love that he actually thinks about it for a moment mm-hmm. and says, "Well, maybe she did because of that." And yes, I have to agree here. You have to be yourself. If people can't accept who you are, you don't want to hang with them anyway. And everything that happens
0: in this scene should teach Reese something. And for a second there, it seems that maybe he learned something, which of course is so parallel to what we are used to Lucifer therapy. Him supposedly realizing something and then going off into the completely wrong direction. And we go over to Linda's and Reese comes in and he tries to bare his soul. But in the way that he goes, it was all my fault. I'm so sorry. I'm the one to blame. And it does not feel genuine at all from second one.
1: I believed him. I believe that he is agreeing with the fact that it is his fault. But my issue with this, that he is twisting it into his selfish agenda all over again. So yes, he realizes that it was his fault. But he is expecting that statement alone be enough for Linda to go back to him he's
0: expecting it to be the cause that I apologized I said I realized what I did wrong and now you have to come back to me which of course is not the point of self actualization and self-reveal so I hated this scene so so much but it's really really well done because actual people function like this
1: <laughs> And we end the scene with him not just being a mental abuser, but now graduating to a physical abuser.
0: Physical assault. I feel, though, that this is what pushes him over the edge to actually try to change something. I don't like the trope, but it's the classic parents slapping their child's face in an argument and then, oh my god, what have I done? I'm the worst. Person
1: I know that he's sorry and I know that this is what drives him to death. Pretty much. But I am not excusing his behavior.
0: Especially since now in the penultimate scene, at the very end of the scene when he's lying on the floor, he is again verbalizing basically that, ooh, now he did good and now maybe he can get things right again. Which is like, dude, did you learn anything? No, of course not because ha ha, ha it's a fucking loop. Okay, so we go into the penultimate scene. He is back in his newspaper office and he's drinking vodka straight which as a person that actually likes vodka damn that shit is nasty because he's not drinking good vodka he's drinking nasty cheap vodka.
1: Honestly he hasn't worked very productively in the last year so I assume that he does not have a lot of money to get himself a proper booze cabinet.
0: No even in the beginning he was drinking the same cheap as vodka but I love it so much that the serial killer whom he tried to get to poison Lucifer poisons Reese. That is fucking karma. It's poetic justice. This is something that Lucifer, for example, can really appreciate. So then the shenanigans happen and he tries to hold off the serial killer and then Chloe comes out from nowhere because apparently he laid a trap and as he lies on the floor, Lucifer walks to him and looks at him and that is just so creepy and for me this is very out of character because Lucifer would not just watch him die because he knows that Chloe would not appreciate that.
1: I mean, there was really nothing he could have done at this stage anyway.
0: He could have told the detective that the dude got poisoned.
1: Yeah, but that wouldn't have saved his life. Maybe if you get an
0: ambulance or if you induce vomiting or whatever. I feel like season two Lucifer knows what Chloe's values and morals are and would not just sit by.
1: I think at this stage we've seen how quickly the poison killed the girl in Lux. But he didn't finish the vodka. He did Drink at all, but he literally dies within seconds after Lucifer approaches him.
0: Well, he's able to talk, he's able to struggle for a bit, so there is the suggested hope. So for me, this absolutely did not feel like season 2 Lucifer. Which of course makes sense because we then realize we're in a loop.
1: And this is where we disagree. Because I do not believe that the first run through is a loop. I believe that when he wakes up back in the hospital, this is the start of his hell loop. And he will go through this circle over and over and over again. But I think, and I know that you've read something else and I know that you have a different opinion on that, but I think and I was convinced every single time I've seen this episode that the first run through we do is what happened on earth and then because it was so guilt-ridden and everything this is what he experiences over and over and over.
0: But we know from Malcolm that hell is not necessarily a loop of something that you experienced yourself. Malcolm's hell was starving. He never starved in his life.
1: Well one we don't really know that but (laughs) yeah it's weird because then we've seen the Professor's hell was the moment where he chose. Because he was so obsessed with this one thing that changed his life. And so was Reese though. He was so obsessed with his wife that he has made his hell loop trying to prove her that she is in danger and failing.
0: I completely disagree. For me, it's like with... Uriel's loop also not something that actually happened but Lucifer did
1: stab Lucifer did not stab Uriel in the penthouse my question is do you think any of this happened yes what do you think happened that's up
0: for debate and we could basically go through the entire episode and see what parts might probably have happened and what didn't I'm pretty sure, for example, that he never woke up in a hospital and then was like, ha ha ha, second chance now. Because this is what starts the entire loop. So the beginning, in my opinion, is 1000% hell scripture.
1: I don't think that's necessarily the case. So what did land him in the hospital then? Could have been anything. Could have been accident or anything that he had done before that. The point is that he wakes up without the knowledge of himself being poisoned. He could have slipped on the grass in front of his house he had a brush with death yeah and he could have fall down had an aneurysm burst in his head whatever like it could have been anything
0: very unlikely to me especially because the hospital yes he's a Pulitzer winning journalist but it's still America and he has a ginormous room with nobody else in there so yeah no Uh, no
1: well we're not gonna change each other's opinions anyway basically this is gonna be the poll oh okay that sounds like a smart.
0: right see and we already have a poll isn't that great
1: (laughs) either way we end this episode with a song playing which is actually the same song that we had in the finishing the first scene because this is the same footage the identical scene as we had at the beginning
0: but they're not replaying it i went back to the beginning this is simply copy paste which i love so so much For my general thoughts this time, I actually don't have that much to say because this is a perfect standalone episode. I thoroughly enjoyed all callbacks to season one and two enormously. The change of perspective moving Lucifer and Chloe to sideline characters provides real interesting insight and I actually really enjoyed that and I don't need it all the time but it was a great idea. Patrick Fabian is the actor who plays Reese, and he is brilliant brilliant in this role. In the beginning it was great to empathize with him and he was smart and he was convincing and as more and more and more as the episode progressed the more you disliked him and hate him and find him horrible and everything. So that was really really well done and I love to hate him at the end. He has an IMDb credit list of 149 credits. He has been in everything and the twists and turns in this episode were delivered quickly both by the actors and by the writing and were completely unexpected for me. I did not see Linda as the wife coming. I did not see the hell loop coming. I really really enjoyed this. But as much as I praise this episode we are now seven episodes into season three and there is no meta plot. There is no mention. There is nothing. And yes I am aware that season three has a lot of episodes but guys <laughs> we're one quarter into the season and literally nothing has happened. The only two things that have happened is Pierce does exist and he got shot. And as much as I enjoyed Pierce getting shot, that's not enough plot for seven episodes. So as I said, the next episode is not gonna be a season two insert. So let's see if we actually get back into season three with next week.
1: Yeah, you pretty much summed up what I was going to say as well. I did really like this episode. The perspective was pretty good. Sadly, I I remembered the fact that this is a hell of a situation about halfway through. So the biggest thing was not as enjoyable for me again because I remembered but even without the biggest plot twist lost it still has gravitas and it's still filled with a lot of really good things. So for starters we get an approximate timeline which we talked about during the episode on how long we have been with Lucifer and this this kind of works if we assume this is happening around-ish, the time that we are currently with Season 3. We get some more insight to how hell works all over again. So they better give us heaven eventually, because <laughs> I do need to know. And we get to see Lucifer's growth Personality growth since the first appearance of his to Pretty Much Now and his development and how Linda's relationship played into that and how they are now, which is really, really lovely. I, as well as you, am getting a little tired of the filler episodes by now, as much as I love them and enjoy them, but they introduce the whole Cinnamon stuff and they haven't touched it for at least three episodes, maybe even more. And I know the season is long and I do enjoy these episodes thoroughly I really do but please please let's get back to the main plot that you forced on us earlier because you kind of need a little bit more structure to a season than just a random gathering of really good episodes anyway to close it off I still really really loved this episode And with this, we say thank you for listening. If you are curious, find us on the various social media we love interacting with you, either over there or when you send us emails to lucifer at taot-podcast.com.
0: If you want to get even more personal and have secret chats with us on our exclusive Discord server, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash taotpodcast. We have a whole bunch of different rewards from early release to hours of bonus content. Yes,
1: If that sounds like too much pressure, you can help the show by leaving positive iTunes reviews.
0: They really help.
1: Or telling all your friends about us, because nothing beats a personal recommendation. Thank Thank you! you. Bye. Bye!